Ladies and gentlemen, it's that time again. Welcome to Eagles Gunland Podcast. It is, we're switching things up right now. Uh, right now, it's yours truly, Samuel Goldberg, and joined by the usual suspect here, LJ Nestler. It's the Eagles Gunland Podcast here on Spotify, Odyssey, and wherever else you can get podcasts. We're pretty much everywhere. Eagles, two and three on the season, a surprising victory. Against the Panthers, I couldn't catch much of the game. I was at a bowling tournament for school, but I know my man LJ watched the whole game. And LJ, what's kind of like your first take from the game? Yeah, so when you look at this game, it's really a tale of two football teams. You have the Eagles team that threw screen passes the whole first half, couldn't move the football, and looked out of sync. And then you have the team the last few drives. They let Jalen Hurts be Jalen Hurts. One with the deep ball, the 50-some yarder from Hurts to Watkins on the left post. Hurts rushing for two touchdowns. An amazing scramble throw on a two-point conversion to Devontae Smith. So it's really two different Eagles teams you saw. And the rally was quite impressive because with a young team with a completely new coaching staff that's super young, only one major coach that is had experience in the NFL at their position only through four games before this game. A lot of times you'd see a team like this when they get down early and everything's out of sync, you see them kind of drowned. And this team, they didn't drown. They came back in a hostile environment against one of the best defenses in the NFL and they pulled things out. Credit to this Eagles defense, though. Darius Slay, Javon Hargrave, Fletcher Cox finally stepping up. Josh Sweat, Barnett had a solid game. The linebackers are still our linebackers. Philly linebackers, you got to love them. But Steven Nelson came up with a big pick. Anthony Harris was clutch. That whole defense outside of the linebackers was pretty amazing. Avante Maddox broke up a touchdown. And it was a perfect pass from Darnold. That would have been a touchdown, probably ended the game. Maddox somehow broke that ball up. you got to love what you saw from this defense. And Sam, if you want to take it from there. Yeah, I agree with you. I just saw a couple of highlights while I was on the bus uh, bus ride back. I did see the uh, Vontae Maddox breakup. That was that literally saved a touchdown. Like, that was an incredible defensive play that I'm surprised I didn't see more of on Twitter. Uh, Devontae Smith had his first career fumble in the game. I did see that because he's on my fantasy team. Still won, so that's fine. So I don't blame him. But uh, it was a first for everything. I mean, Smith still had a good game, seven receptions for 77 yards. Still a great game in the two-point conversion as well that was caught. Overall... From what, from the highlights that I saw, I would say the defense played a big role in getting uh, this Eagles team the victory. And technically, if you want to speak in terms of technicality, this is Jalen Hurts' first game-winning drive. If you think yeah. about it. And his first career fourth-quarter comeback, so... That's big for number one. If he can mount those kind of drives and those kind of games where everything's out of sync, but he put something together, that's going to get a lot of respect from fans because you see quarterbacks oftentimes when things aren't going their way, 
they just they drowned. I referred to it earlier, but Jalen Hurts rose above it all. His team believed in him. Quiz Watkins said he believed in him, and everybody knew they were going to win. That's what you like to see from a quarterback that you are putting your eggs in the basket to see if he's the franchise quarterback. Now, I will say this, just looking at the box score a little bit, I am still disappointed in Nick Sirianni that he's not giving Miles Sanders the ball more. 11 carries for 45 yards, just simply not going to cut it. Again, you got to get Sanders involved. He's a good running back. He needs the ball in his hands. And giving him 11 carries, he's still not going to cut it. He needs to be at 15 to 18 carries a game. Yeah, so when I look at Miles Sanders, I'm kind of upset with Sirianni, but if you saw that last drive, Sam, where the Eagles could have put things away, and they eventually did, but it was a little uh, questionable with how Sanders handled it. He had some nice runs, but two times he ran out of bounds, and he gave the Panthers essentially two timeouts when the Eagles were trying to ice the game and Sanders got pulled it's not his talent because his talent is unquestionable. He is one of the best overall talented backs in the league. But I think it's more so his vision and the holes he runs through and his decision-making that really hurts him. And I just think it's also the Eagles' style of play. I think they have to run the football more. The screen passes will work if you can get the run game going because – Teams, if they know you're just going to do the screen passes and not try to get the running game going, they'll get stronger on the outside. Dime packages, extra corners to keep up with your receivers and blow things up on the outside and play press coverage so you can't get off the line of scrimmage. But if you run the football, keep them honest, make them stack the box more, you can get numbers on the outside. And some of the play designs weren't bad designs. It was just bad following of the play by Sirianni, he has to have a feel for what the defense is doing. And I think that feel is growing, but I would like to see them run the ball more with either Gainwell or Sanders, whoever they trust more and see where it goes from there. I'm kind of slightly moving on, uh, you know, the Eagles, this was a good team win. Uh, I feel like the, as Sirianni put it post game, the locker room when one unit's down the other unit picks picks it picks the other unit up and that's what really happened in this ball game the offense was down in the first half just from what i saw on twitter and uh the defense really helped out and stepped up i mean three interceptions on the day that's big that's something that us eagles fans have been raving like we want interceptions we want turnovers and finally this game the Eagles came up with three of them or three interceptions. I don't know if there are any fumbles in the game. Apologies on my end. I didn't, again, I didn't watch the game. But now they have to turn their – the Eagles have to turn their attention to the Buccaneers. It's a short week, and they're already probably going to be missing Dallas Goddard. He got put on COVID-19 list today. So that's scary because – Unless if Ertz is ready to just kind of step up and kind of fill that void that Goddard will leave. Tight end is going to be a pretty weak position going into Thursday. 
Yeah, so bouncing off your first point, you didn't watch the game, so you didn't know if there was any fumbles. But there was a blocked punt on special teams by TJ Edwards and Sean Bradley. I think that was the biggest momentum change of the game. The Panthers are punting it. Okay, keep the Eagles out of the end zone, and you win the football game. They're going to have to go 70, 80 yards. That block makes it the Eagles have short field. Hertz hits one of his tight ends. I forget if it was Ertz or Goddard with the 86 and 88 on their jerseys and the arm sleeves they wear. They honestly look identical, so you really don't know. You know after the play, but it's, it's kind of confusing getting them mixed up at times. But he hit the tight end on the seam route, first and goal. Uh, Goddard dropped a touchdown in the flat, but Hertz came back and ran for a touchdown. So that punt block on special teams really changed the game for the Eagles. And then going on to the Buccaneers game, no Dallas Goddard. There is a potential he could play if he has two more negative tests results before Thursday because he is vaccinated. But Mike Garofalo of the NFL Network tweeted out that is a potential, but it is extremely, extremely unlikely. So Ertz will have to step up. And the luxury of having Goddard and Ertz is if one of them is out and they're tight ends, they get banged up. Tight ends get banged up a ton. They do miss games. Oftentimes it's rare you see a tight end play all 16 and now all 17 games. Goddard's dealing with COVID, so it's not an injury. He should be back soon because he is vaccinated and it seems like he's not had any symptoms um, from what we are all aware of. But Ertz, We'll need to step up. That's the luxury of having the two tight ends. And Ertz has been really good this season. So look for Ertz to have a bigger impact. And the Bucks are most likely without Levante David and Robert Gronkowski. They're starting tight end who's a monster in the red zone and one of the best linebackers in football. But Sam, quickly talking about that game, what do you expect to see? And what do you think the Eagles need to do to limit that scary offense and scary trio of receivers. But I expect to see a lot of, oh, sorry. I expect to see a lot of double coverages uh, on Mike Evans and Chris Godwin. And since there's no Gronkowski, there's really no tight end to throw to. I mean, I'm not scared of Cameron Brait. Not at all. I don't even know if OJ Howard's still on the team. No idea. I expect to see a lot of double coverages on Godwin and Evans and maybe even a double coverage on Antonio Brown. I honestly expect a lot of double coverages on their three wide receivers because with no Gronkowski, no one can really stretch the field. So that void, I definitely see again, double coverages. And if one of them's not on the field, they better fill up the box because it's going to be a run play. Because without Gronkowski, this offense is very vulnerable. Yeah, so Gronk is a big piece in the red zone and especially in the running game. He's not as good as he once was. He's still a very good tight end in the NFL, though, one of the better tight ends. He is great in the running scheme. Being an extra offensive lineman, essentially, having six offensive linemen, and he lines up as a receiver – that's key for them. But you said they don't really have a downfield threat. 
I don't know how much I agree with that. Having Antonio Brown and Chris Godwin, I think those two guys can really stretch the field. And Antonio Brown has looked really good. He's looked as good as he has his whole career. So that'll be tough for Maddox in the slot. If AB's in the slot, if they line Godwin up in the slot, that's still a tough assignment for Avante Maddox. And it'll be interesting to see where the Buccaneers line up their receivers. Darius Slay usually lines up on the left side because of our zone coverage scheme. So will they try to get Chris Godwin or Antonio Brown or Mike Evans one-on-one with Steven Nelson? They likely will, unless only two of them are on the field. But in that scenario, it's most likely a running play. So you have to be careful with how they attack Stephen Nelson, because I think they will try to attack Stephen Nelson. And I think they're going to leave Slay in single coverage. Whoever Slay is guarding, if it's whichever of the three, Slay will shut them down. So Maddox in the slot, I feel comfortable with him. He's been one of, if not the best slot corner in football this season. Still a tough assignment going up against Godwin or AB, but he can handle that assignment. Maybe some help underneath if he wants to play press and you have a linebacker just in there to help in the underneath game. If you want to have a safety over the top, that won't hurt. But I think you might see a lot of double coverages with Steven Nelson because he's a good corner, don't get me wrong. But he will have a very tough assignment going up against either of those Bucks receivers. And they will line whoever they feel has the best matchup against Nelson. They'll line that receiver up against Nelson on the right side of the field. So expect Brady to take a lot of shots at Stephen Nelson, and he's going to have to have a big game if we're going to win. And also the linebackers, Tom Brady, he's notorious for exposing teams' weaknesses. So a lot of the Buccaneers' offense, in my opinion, and what I expect to see, will funnel through the middle of the field to expose the Eagles' weak linebacking core. Yeah, uh, I... I guess we're turning this episode into a kind of like a uh, recap and preview. <laughs> I, I like it. it. I yeah, dig we're it. not talking about one thing way too much. We're kind of giving fans a little boom for their buck, as you like to call it. Exactly. We're 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 do, we're 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 not working harder. We're working smarter. I like it. But yeah, going back to what you said though, uh, I definitely feel like the Bruce Arians uh, will definitely have to game plan around our weak linebacking core. But earlier in the day, Bruce Arians said that the Philadelphia Eagles probably have one of the toughest front four that they've faced so far this year. So it should be interesting to see what happens. And I I do legit think that the Eagles have a shot of completing this upset on Thursday night football at home against the Buccaneers. And as I stated earlier in my season preview, three and three is what they're doing in the first six games. And I wouldn't be mad about that because even if you're two and four, if you stay in the game with the Buccaneers, obviously there's no moral victories in the NFL, but there kind of is. If you're two and four and you've played Every week since the opener, you've played good teams, and the Falcons aren't looking half bad. They're looking like one of the lesser teams in the NFL, but they're looking pretty decent. And the Eagles and the Buccaneers are the only two teams to really truly expose the Falcons. The other three games, the Falcons either won or were right there 
in it. So you have to feel happy about the Eagles there. Every game besides that one and the Dallas game, the Eagles have either come up short or come up with a win late in the game. And they've played some very good teams like the Panthers, like the Cowboys, who may be the favorites coming out of the NFC this season. They've played some good teams, but this Buccaneers team, they really struggle on that back seven. They needed to bring in Richard Sherman for some help. He's played all right, but his stamina and his conditioning is not where the Buccaneers would like it to be. That's That'll come with time. He has kind of been out of football for a little while, dealt with some injuries. But the last time he was truly back in football, back in 2019, he was one of the best cover corners in football and led one of the best secondaries in San Francisco. He still has it in him. He just has to get his conditioning a little better and he could have a breakout game. But I'm interested to see how the Eagles offense comes out and play. You can get away with a sloppy win against a mediocre offense, but you can put 21 points up against the Buccaneers and expect to win. If you put 21 points up against the Buccaneers, you're going to lose that football game. I like how the Eagles came out and attacked the Kansas City Chiefs, a very good offense. I want to see them come out and do the same exact thing against the Buccaneers Take shots with Quiz Watkins, Devontae Smith. Run the ball. They need to get a run game going. Keep it out of Brady's hands, but don't play conservative. Take your shots, but keep it out of Brady's hands. It has to be a balancing act. I don't know how much Sirianni will run the football, but if he's running simple routes on the outside, I think that kind of acts the same in this offense. But they have to keep the defense honest because there's not as much blocker. So it's easier to run the football when they know you're running the football rather than throwing a check down or screen pass when they know you're going to do that because you're not as strong on the outside. It has to be a well-balanced act of the running plays and the screen plays. But Jalen Hurts has to play a very good football game. He has to be the X factor in this game. And he has to have a big game for the Eagles to win. And Sirianni, on a short week, they they have to get this offense ready because I, I think they can contain Brady but I think over time, Brady will put up points, especially if our offense is stalling out and going three and outs or just not moving the ball down the field. Yeah, I I agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, I really don't think the Eagles are going to be running the ball a whole lot in this game. Like, I know I harped that I wish they would run the ball, but Tampa Bay is one of the better run defenses in the league. And that is – concerning because I know people are going to be like, ah, I want Miles Sanders to get the ball, but stuff like that. But what people have to realize is that this Kansas City, Kansas City, wow, excuse me, this Tampa Bay team, I, they're both wearing red. <laughs> they both are, yeah, they're both wearing red. It's fine. But this Tampa Bay team that's coming in has one of the better run defenses in the NFL. And I really, I really don't – I really see Jalen Hurts maybe throwing the ball 45, 50 times this game. I really do. I think they'll give Sanders his carries where uh, he needs them. But I just think this run defense is too strong, and we'll definitely see a more pass-heavy offense from the Eagles in this game on Thursday. Yeah, the Buccaneers' run defense is one of the best in NFL history, and that's not an overreaction. Last week against the Dolphins, Miles Gaskin, five carries for 25 yards. And they actually, if you look at the yards per carry, 
they did run the ball successfully. The total overall yards, though, 38 yards on nine carries. So that's not a bad average, but the Dolphins knew they had to throw the football to move the ball downfield because the Buccaneers, if you try to run against them, you're not going to do anything. You go back when they played New England in Foxborough, uh, how is negative rushing yards in a game? How, how do you like that, Sam? I mean, their run defense is stifling. They shut down the Rams. 20 carries for 67 yards for the Rams lead back that week, and that was Sony Michelle. And then Ezekiel Elliott, who's one of the best backs in the NFL, and every week since week one he's put up spectacular stats and run all over the opposing teams. He had 11 carries for 33 yards that week, and that was inflated by a 12-yard outside zone. You're not going to be able to run the football against this Bucks defense. So with Nick Sirianni, who hasn't shown he can stay committed to the running game, and a Bucks defense that show that makes teams not stay committed to the running game, I think we could see 50 to 60 passing attempts, or at least touches for Jalen Hurts. And I think that's what the Eagles will need to do to win. I think Hurts needs to really play a perfect game and play if he did against Kansas City to win this football game because we're not going to be able to run the football unless it's by Hurts scrambling. And even with the designed runs, they're going to spy Hurts with Devin White, who's one of the best sideline-to-sideline backers. It'll be interesting to see how the Eagles attack this defense and if their offensive line can come up with enough time to get that deep ball going. So thank you guys for coming out, wasting your time and listening to the Eagles Gauntlet podcast. Sam and LJ going on about the Philadelphia Eagles. No better way to spend whatever you're doing. It's a great background noise. We will be on YouTube for this episode. So more viewers. Woohoo. But anyway, that about <laughs> wraps up today's episode of the Eagles Gauntlet podcast for LJ Nestler and Samuel Goldberg. We will see you next time probably Friday night or something after we played the Buccaneers. Uh, it'll either be a happy tone in Philadelphia, a really happy tone, or there'll be a week and a half of sorrow in South Philly. Anyway, Sam, any last words before we hop off? No, I, I actually don't have anything to say. I'm speechless. <laughs> have a good night, everybody. <laughs>